0: Well, when we talk about missions, we we have to start with the Great Commission, don't we? Because that's where it starts for the church, isn't it? And in Matthew, the 28th chapter, at the end of the chapter, verses 19 to the end, as Jesus appears to the 11 disciples who had gone to Galilee, Jesus met them there on a mountain, and, and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, I'm going to focus on the idea that Jesus taught, or the command that Jesus gave about teaching, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Boy, that is a mouthful when you think about it. It is. Um, how many here can quote the Ten Commandments? Good, good shot, good, good. How many would probably get eight out of ten? Okay, how many could get at least five? Five. All right, thank you. Uh, Now, how many could say, I can tell you all the commands of the Lord Jesus that he gave his disciples? How how many could get uh, uh, 120 of them? No? Maybe, okay, over here. No, no, he's spoofing me, okay. You're 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 ma- you're messing with my statistical averages. <laughs> how, how, how many how many could say they could do uh, uh, fifty? Twenty five. Five. <laughs> uh, two. Uh, w- one. Oh, come on. Most of you know one, at least. okay. But you see the problem. We, we, know, we know the commands that God gave to Moses, don't we? They're organized. They're, they're put in a nice little box for us. They're almost, they almost have one, two, and three behind them, you know, or in front of them. So there's an order to them. But the commands of Christ, Jesus says, Everything I have commanded you. Teach, teach them, instruct. You know, I love the way he says it. Let me just read that. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. Well, that's a lot of information, isn't it? And where do we get the commands of Christ from? Well, we, we get them from the Bible. We get them from the scriptures. Jesus didn't say, teach them to know them. Teach them to memorize them. Teach them to uh, uh, repeat them. Make sure they get good marks on a test. He says, teach them to obey. All the commands I have given you. Well, here's the challenge. If we don't know the commands that God has given, that Jesus gave to his disciples, how are we sure we're obeying them? I find often there's a, there's a problem with the human heart. And the problem is, uh, uh, well... Actually, one philosopher said it like this. He said, uh, God made man in his image, and man has been working ever ever since to return the favor. And since man is trying to make God in his image. But I find that's a process that even sometimes Christians have. We, We want to make Christ like us instead of being made like him. We we know that as the word Christian marks us as little Christ, we're to be like Jesus. But we often make our mental image of Christ like ourselves. You know, where Jesus likes what I like. And, and uh, if I'm a Republican, by gum by golly, Jesus would be too. And if I'm a Democrat, you know, and I'm an American after all, you know. We make Christ after our likes, after our dislikes in our head. We can have an argument with someone. A husband can have an argument with a wife, and he can sit down and instead of filling the convention of the Holy Spirit, he believes. He says to himself in his inner voice, right? He says to himself, Well, Jesus would agree with me. I'm right. Have you ever found yourself doing that? Making Christ. In your image? That's that's a problem. So how do we know who Jesus is? Well, here we are. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All the writings of the epistles. All the prophecies of the Old Testament. All these things combined and compressed together. Helps us to understand. And Jesus here says, really just focus on my commands. Focus on what I've I've told you to do as disciples. Teach those to others. Teach them not to know them, but teach them to do them. Teach them to obey them. Raising kids is a lot like making disciples. It's tough work, isn't it? It's hard work. And uh, it's easy to tell kids what to do, but it's much harder to get them to do it. In other words, enforce it so that it's done. And, And here, Jesus is telling his disciples to teach them to obey. See that they do my commands. Well, how about this one? I'm just going to throw one out there, okay? Here's one of Jesus' commands. You know, Jesus doesn't preface his commands with "commands." You know, command number 127. He doesn't do that. In grammar and language, you know, Jesus is speaking a command when you can't find the ver. Uh, the excuse me, the. Uh, Oh, here I've forgotten my parts of speech, but uh, you can't you can't find the you in it, and sometimes, uh, unfortunately, in some translations they translate it you, but it's unspoken, and that is command structure in language. So, like uh, uh, in Swahili, if I was going to say a command, I would say just the verb tafadali, you know, uh, It means you come here. Now, if I was going to be polite, I would say, uh, And that would be an invitation. But without Boana, it's a command. And so it is with the Bible. You know, a lot of Christ's sayings are commands. How about this one? Seek Ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Did you know that's a command? It's not a suggestion. It's not saying, uh, uh, you know, this this is a good way to do things. It's actually a command of the Lord. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. How often we'd love to invert that. How often we'd say, oh Lord, I would love to follow you. I'd love to do what you wish. I'd love to seek your kingdom. But first I have to do this, 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 this. And then I'll be in a place to do that. You know, Some people think, well, first I need to be financially stable. First I need to raise my family. First I, I need to find a wife or I find a husband or, or I need to go through university or I need to, I, I need to acquire some things. I, after all, you don't want me to be impoverished, you know? So after I get all my ducks in a row, then I'll seek your kingdom. I can only guarantee you that if you approach Christ's commands that way and are actually trying to get all your ducks in a row, when you open your eyes, you're going to find, up, you're going to find out that you lined up your ducks on a freeway. <laughs> Life has a way of confusing things, disorganizing things. And, and by the time you're 70, you may say, wow, you know, I really wish I had Done. This. I have a dear friend. He, um, uh, he. He. I. I haven't seen him in years. But I remember when Debbie and I were starting to go thinking about missions and going overseas. You know, he. He said he'd been trained at a Bible college, and he said, you know, I. I. I want to do that, but I. I. I uh, am married, and I have two Pomeranian dogs, and I, I just, I just can't. These dogs need someone to take care of them, and he was dead serious. And as far as I know, he never went. I'm sure his dogs are dead and gone by now, but he never went. See, Jesus commanded us to seek His kingdom first right and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you so that's that's great okay lord here am i let's do it whatever it is you want to do with me whatever 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 however you want to use me to expand your kingdom i am yours i'm at your disposal my free time is just not my free time. It's your time. And it's yours. How, how do you want to use me? How, what would you like done? I'm your servant. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So, Dev and I went to uh, Uganda to uh, do this. And, and, of course, before we went to Uganda... Uh, I had to get some more education because um, the, the the country wouldn 't let me in as a pastoral trainer unless I had the degrees to prove I could do the work you know they don 't like people coming in and pretending to be doctors and operating on people when they 're not or, or pretending to be engineers when they 're not, so they want to have the paper that says you 're an engineer you know or you 're a doctor so I had to go through schools and get my training, and then, and then we went overseas. And, and so here I am uh, uh, going overseas. I have had um, oh, uh, probably about 16 years worth of ministry by then. I've had 20 years of education in total. I, I've uh, had many experiences. I have lots of wisdom. I know a lot of things. I'm really, really smart. At least that's what I tell myself. Um and so uh, uh, I go to Africa and I offer myself to them. I, you know, what, I, I am the answer for their questions. I am the solution to their problems. I am their advisor, their confidant, their, their uh, planner, the person who can uh, see into the future and, and help them choose the best path. And, uh, and if you believe that... You're about as stupid as I am. No, they don't need me. I want to tell you about myself, and I'm sure you have the same problem. Who here has the capacity and the ability to save themselves from God's wrath? Anybody here? I want to go like this because I don't want to get struck by lightning, you know. No, do you show your hand if you... No, no one does. If I cannot save myself, how in the world do I think I can save someone else? I'm not even the solution to my own problems. How do I think I can be the solution to someone else's problems? But we sure like to think we are sometimes, don't we? You know, I, I, uh, somebody comes to you and you're upset with them and you give them a piece of your mind. And then uh, if I do that, my wife says, Be careful, you don't have much left. <laughs> and it's true. They don't need a piece of my mind, they really don't need my advice. What do they need? They need to be taught to observe everything that Jesus has commanded us. They need to have their eyes turned to Christ. You know, uh, this is the paradox. The paradox is uh, a shepherd can be a thief. Jesus talked about that, didn't he, in a parable? How how uh, uh, shepherds, when they start to view the sheep as their own, they become thieves and robbers. And and prophets, when they think that their words mean something, they become fools. So let's look at that. Turn, turn to uh, Jeremiah. The 23rd chapter. I want, I want to read you a passage of what God says about the prophets during Jeremiah's time. Now, the prophets did have a role to play. They were to speak God's word to God's people. And also they were to instruct God's people in God's word as well. So that was their job. That was the role they were to play. Um, uh, They did not belong to the temple and they did not belong to the court. They were kind of God's wild card that he would throw down with the nation Israel so that people would listen to his words. But The prophets weren't doing that. Listen to what God says. I'm going to start at verse 22 and read to the end of the chapter. But if they had stood in my counsel, they would have proclaimed my words to my people. They would have turned them from their evil ways and from their evil deeds. Am I a God only nearby, declares the Lord? Am I not a God far away? Can anyone hide in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord? I have heard what these prophets say who prophesy lies in my name. They say, I had a dream, I had a dream. How long will these, this continue in the hearts of these lying prophets who prophesy the delusion of their own minds. They think the dreams they tell one another will make my people forget my name, just as their fathers forgot my name through worshiping Baal. I, want to, I just want to. I want to stop there a moment. You know, that's 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 a real important thing. They think by telling these dreams they will. Cause my people to forget my name. What's that about? It's, It's when we don't speak God's word to God's people. When we speak our own ideas, we alter who God is. We make God, we proclaim the God that is the God of our own imagination. We make him in our own image. And today there is a lot of that type of proclamation going on. Right? But they don't, they don't proclaim God's word faithfully. And, and so when we change things and alter things, we alter the nature and character of God. To other people, they forget who He is. Let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. But let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. For what is straw to do with grain? This is a proverbial saying, right? It just means your dream... Is as worthless as straw, and my word is good food. That's what God's saying. Our ideas are not very good. God's ideas are what we need. Um, this this idea. To think much of our ideas is an idea that I think we're all kind of born with. And we don't really even understand how much it influences our, our time and our, uh, the way we think about things. Uh, um, uh, you know, I discovered late in life, probably about uh, 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 seven or eight years ago, I started thinking, you know, most of my prayer is advising God what to do. I thought, like, it all of a sudden dawned on me that God really didn't need my advice. You, you, you pray for someone you love, right? You pray for a child, and, 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 and you can be full of advice to God about what to do, right? And God knows what to do before you even asked him before the idea even popped into your head. And yet, and yet, how much we think of our ideas, and instead of just coming to him, you know the word prayer, you know what it means to do? You know what prayer is? In the Old English, it's the same in the Greek. Prayer is to beg. You know, you saw the Old English movies with the... Uh, uh, sword fighters, I pray, you know. He's bagging, you know. He's like, please do this. Prayer is to bag, it's a bag. It's saying, here I am. I have nothing to give. I'm a pauper. I've got nothing. Help me. Help me. Now, I- I've been bagged from by the best in Africa. And because I have white skin, I become a bag magnet. And people stick to me, right? They, they come to me with all kinds of issues. Come to me. But I've never had one actually come up and advise me. You know, now if you're going to give me something, would you please uh, make sure you do it this way? And you know, I'd like it in this form, and 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 uh, please, I need it by this time. And you know, and thank you very much. And and oh, by the way, uh, make it blue instead of green. You know? Uh, you know, that coat that I'm asking for, because really, blue goes with the rest of my decor, and I, I'm sure you need to know that. And, and no, a beggar, he doesn't have that type of power over me. He comes and says, Please, I'm destitute. Give me. Give me anything. Give me. Prayer is bagging, not advising. In all honesty, we're all beggars. We all have huge. Deficits. And the delightful thing is that Christ tells us to pray. That's one of his commands. Pray. Let me go back to the, see what these guys are doing. Hmm. What does straw have to do with grain, declares the Lord? Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? Therefore, declares the Lord, I'm against the prophet who steals from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I'm against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declares, the Lord declares. Indeed, I'm against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least, declares the Lord. While that's ringing in your ears, let me read this out of Psalms. Oh, Lord, oh, how I love your law. This is Psalms 119, 97 through 104. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statues. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I may obey your word. I do not depart from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore I hate every wrong way. Every wrong path. So, as a missionary who goes to Africa, what's to be my focus? Where do I get my information from? Where do I get my resource to actually help people? What do they need to know? They need to know God's word. They need to be taught God's word. They need to learn how to abide in God's word. For it's there that they will find Christ. You know, Jesus warned the Pharisees, he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are they that speak of me. You know, a lot of people read the Bible religiously to get other things than Christ from it. I know a lot of people who go around teaching the Bible and talk about the secrets of success. You want to know the secrets of success? Well, sure, everybody wants to know the secrets of success. You know? I think that's magic potion number two. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in the Bible. You can read it. You know, the, the, the secrets for wealth are how to heal. Wouldn't you like to know how to do that? Right? Well, I have a big Bible study on how to heal. No, that's, that's, that's not using the Bible the right way. That, you might as well use the Bible as a phone book. It, it will give you the exact same results if you do. You'll be talking to a lot of wrong numbers. The Bible's there to lead us to Christ, it's there to teach us about Himself. The, you know, the Bible's not about you. It's about the God of the universe and his plan in redeeming man. It's about, yeah, we, we play a part on the stage, but if you compare our part on the stage of God's holy writ, um, uh, we're like the uh, 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 Black canvas made by velvet. Have you ever, ever, ever seen, you know, velvet? I remember in the 60s, velvet paintings. Did you guys, you know, they were really, those colors were really stark because they were against that black, black canvas, right? Welcome, we're the black canvas. And God is painting the grace of Christ and his redemption and image upon us upon mankind through what Christ has done. It's about Jesus. So, search the scriptures. Search them with the intent of finding who Christ is. I I, I really want to encourage you to do that. Deb and I had a, a good journey. It took us almost a half a year to read through the prophet's the, ap- the uh, apocalyptic literature, the Psalms, the wisdom literature, the Gospels and Revelation. And, and the epistles, and, what, and ask this question over and over and over and over again. What does this tell me about Jesus? What does this tell me about my Lord and Savior? What does he like? What does he not like? What is his nature? What is his character? How does he present himself? And... You know, I found a jesus that that is not American. I found a Jesus who uh, uh, is not from Portland. He doesn't have long hair and he he doesn't have sandals that go flip flop and a long robe and and every time he touches the ground, flowers spring up and Birds are singing in the air, twiddly-dee and twiddly-dums, you know. It's not, he's not that way. I found a Jesus that if I met him, I think the only response I could do would be like John, fall down before him Dead. He is so glorious and mighty and powerful and wonderful, and he's the judge of the living and the dead. He's, he And yet, and yet, as judge, uh, the scripture tells us that, that God has made him not only judge of the living and dead, but He's made him our redeemer. The judge of the universe is our redeemer. It's a marvelous thing. I find in scriptures a Christ who is powerful and strong and not weak, that his will will be done. Whether, whether men comply with it or not, it will be. And this world can pass away and it will not change a single thing. I find a Savior who is strong and mighty to save. I find a Savior who can hold and keep us through all kinds of situations. Even the situations that uh, when, when we are filled with disappoint, disappointment and despair. It's a wonderful thing. I would encourage you to read God's word and look for Christ there. Get to know your Savior. Get to know who he is. Back to Psalms 119 again, 28, 29 through 36. Your statues are wonderful, therefore I obey them. The unfolding of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and I pant, longing for your commands. Turn to me and have mercy on me, as you always do to those who love your name. Direct my footsteps according to your word. Let no sin rule over me. Redeem me from the oppression of man, that I may obey your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant and teach me your decrees. Streams of tears flow from my eyes, for your law is not obeyed. I love the verse that the pastor quoted this morning when he opened uh, uh, the worship time about God's word being sufficient. It's a it's a beautiful thought, isn't it? That, that that there is everything that is necessary in God's word. Uh, I think Roman uh, uh, the passage that he read in Romans was everything necessary. No, sorry, in Timothy, wasn't it? Yeah, Second Timothy, everything necessary for good works, right? And in Second in, uh, Peter, the first chapter, we find that uh, uh, we have everything necessary given to us for life and godliness, is how it's said. And, and uh, I love that saying, life and godliness, because often we think that the Bible's just for godliness, but not for life but uh, Peter says it's for life and godliness. That's That's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing that God has given us. So how skilled are we at using it? How skilled are we at sharing God's thoughts with other people. Um, Paul reminded Timothy that he was to study to show himself approved, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, one who rightly divided or rightly understood the word of truth. How, how skilled are we at at giving God's advice to people instead of giving people a piece of our mind. I hope it is said of you that if you get pricked, you bleed Scripture. I hope it said that of you. Look at it. Look at, as, as a missionary, I don't have anything to give people. I can't save them. I can't save me. I can point them to the Savior. I can talk about Christ. I can give them his wisdom. I can give them God's insight. I can tell them how God wants them to solve that problem because he's said how to do it in his word. So I can open up God's word and say, this is what God says about that. Right? It doesn't mean that... uh, um, People necessarily believe you. It doesn't mean that people will follow your advice. It, uh, God's words. It doesn't mean that at all. And it doesn't mean that the outcome that they hope for or that you wish for is secure. Uh, I, what do I mean by that? Well, um, one of the hardest things in African churches is to do church discipline. It's very difficult. And, you know, I, I look, I know I understand church discipline. I study God's word in that area. And I, there was a problem where two people, two pastors in a given commun- faith community were at loggerheads with each other and they were starting to divide the whole faith community in that area because of their differences. And their differences were personal, had nothing to do with God's word. And and, and they weren't doing what Jesus asked them to do. They weren't going to one another and talking it out. They were doing what Africans said was right to do. What's right to do in Africa is if someone offends you, you go to your friends. You talk to them about it. You go, you know so-and-so, oh, he said something to me that was very, very offensive. And, they, and your friends will say, oh, what did he say? And you say, oh, he said duh, duh, And everybody goes, oh, oh, yeah, that was not good. He's not a good man, that one. Watch out for him, you know. And as time goes on, those, those groups get harder and tighter. And, and, and what they do is they create a war between two groups. Well, I'm on this guy's side. Well, I'm on that guy's side. And I would often say to my African counterparts. You use cultural wisdom, you get cultural results. You use the wisdom of the world, you get the results of it. And sure enough, they had a big Barney fight that lasted probably three or four years. And I kept saying to them, use God's word, you will get God's results. And I believe that. They would have gotten God's results. Now, I don't know what God's results were because I, they'd never used God's word. To, so we could actually see what God's results would have been in that situation. It's not sometimes what you think. I, I, this is not magic that you manipulate something for another end. I want to say that because a lot of people sometimes try to use that, scriptures like that. They'll say, well, you know, you said if I discipline my child, he will uh, uh, give me rest and there he is screaming all day long and I have no rest, right? Your word doesn't work. Well, the rest may not be the 30-minute nap you were trying to acquire. God may have had a different idea of rest than that. The rest, you know, you say, well, if I submit to my husband, then he'll change and he'll become Mr. Wonderful and he'll agree with everything I want. No, that's, that's not the results that maybe God has. And, and you know how many have read the book of Hebrews, chapter eleven? How those were faithful men, were they not? Did they get what they believed for, Pastor? No, they didn't. They didn't get what they believed for. I guarantee they got something much better and they were men of faith. See, we have a tendency to say, well, you know, I can use this principle and it'll work for me, you know, and I'll, 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 I'll get what I want. No, we'll get what God's want. We'll get what God wants in that situation as we submit to his word and obey him. My worst day in Africa was also my best day. It was during this time where these two groups were starting to to, uh, chew off on each other. I I, I went to the two leaders of the two different different groups, and I sat down with them and spent much time. I uh, prayed with them and prayed for them. I listened to their sides of the story. I reminded them what God's Word said. I reminded that reconciliation was in Christ's heart. I reminded them that they should humble themselves and go to the other and ask, How have I offended you? But I could not get them to move, not one inch, not one step. I pushed, I prodded, I pleaded. And I even cried, and as a man in Africa, that's bad news. I went back home that evening and and thought, boy, this is the worst day. I have used up all my chips. I have pushed so hard, they're going to push me right out of here. Got up the next morning after praying and saying, Lord, what's today going to bring? One of the leaders came to me. He said, Darry, I want to talk to you. I thought, here, here it comes. I've got his speech already worked out. He's going to say, Darry, we really thank you for being with us, but uh, uh, we're tired of you. Move to some other place. Thank you very much. <laughs> But he didn't say that. We sat down on the ground outside my tent, and he, he said, Derry, he says, um, I want to tell you something. He says, We have a lot of friends, we have a lot of people who will uh, rally around us and support us, and they'll all agree with what we want and what we wish. He says, We don't have anyone who speaks truth to us. He says, you speak truth to us. We don't have anyone like that. He says, don't stop. Even if we don't do what you say, don't stop. Keep speaking truth to us. That was my best day. Peter After many people had left Jesus because his words were very harsh Jesus turned to Peter and says to the disciples in general you too go And Peter turns and looks at Jesus and says Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. I pray that Peter's statement becomes yours. that there are no other sources of truth or reality than Christ himself. Because he has the words of eternal life. Let's pray. Lord, we... Thank you for your word, how, how wonderful and marvelous it is, how it speaks not just to our mind but to our heart, how, how it is just like the sun, it, it lights up the sky but, and by it we can see everything else. Like the psalmist, oh, guide our hearts and our feet into your word. And like Peter, Lord, may we constantly say back to you, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. Father, thank you for your word. And we give ourselves again to you and to it. In Christ's name. Amen.